0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions.
1: And I, I want you to stand with me as we turn to Proverbs chapter 19. We have been speaking on awakening to purpose. Everyone say purpose. purpose. Come on, say it like you mean it this morning. Say purpose. purpose. You see, I need you to understand, every single one of you was created on purpose for a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And I want you to notice as you turn to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, that when God created you, He created you with the end in mind. He needed something to be done, so He created you to fulfill that purpose. The fact that you're here is proof that there is a reason for your existence That God needed something done, and you were the only one to get it done, so he created you. And so this morning, as you're here, you need to recognize that God has a plan for your life. And as you take a look at Proverbs 19, verse 21, if you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not, say amen. Amen. It's there on the screen for you. It reads as follows. You can make many plans. Someone say many. You could make many plans. We, we, we spend time planning vacations, planning our future, planning our retirement, planning what we want to do after school, planning our career. But I need you to understand, you could make many plans. Say many. many. But the Lord's purposes will prevail. God's purpose will prevail. And see, I need you to understand that even your mess up can't change the plan of God. Your ignorance can't change the plan of God. That when God has a plan for something, there is nothing you can do to wipe out the plan God has for your life. For many are the plans of a man, but the Lord's purposes will prevail. Somebody say amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Dr. Monroe said this, the greatest tragedy of life is not death, but it's life without purpose. Too many people find themselves at the end of their lives and they may have gotten close to paying off their house. They're retired, but they haven't lived any purpose. It doesn't matter how many years you live. If you haven't lived those years with purpose, you've wasted some years. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. It's living without a purpose. I don't care how old you are this evening or this afternoon or how young you are. It's never too late to find your purpose. Good to see you. Even though you're a Patriots fan, it's good to see you. And I need you to understand something this morning, that God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. Why? Because God always starts with the end in mind. Whatever God does, he starts with the end in mind. So with that in mind, I want you to recognize purpose is more important than your plan. Everyone say important. Purpose is more powerful than your plan. Say powerful. Purpose precedes your plans. Everyone say precedes. So I need you to understand something. Purpose is where it starts because that's where it finishes. You are not going to be judged on what you accomplished. You are going to be judged in life on what you accomplished based on your purpose. I do not judge my success based on someone else's abilities, talents, or calling. God will judge me based on the assignment he gave me on how I fulfilled it. And so we got to stop comparing ourselves among ourselves. Well, compared to that person, I'm doing good spiritually. Well, compared to that person, I'm doing really well. Yeah, I've been to church three times this year more than that person. God does not judge you based on other people. He He judges you based on your assignment. And so I need you to recognize something this morning. That God's plans and purposes are more powerful than ours. And so what is purpose? Let me just kind of lay this down as we've talked about this before. Purpose is the original intent for your existence. It's the why to your what. It is the, rule, it's the reason for your existence. It is the desired result of the, in the mind of the manufacturer. It is the motivation that caused the creation of that product. And lastly, it is the source of the destination established by the manufacturer. I need you to understand this, that in everything that we have today, whether it's the pulpit, whether it's your iPhone, the manufacturer had an idea of a product doing a certain thing. And so the manufacturer had an idea of how this thing was going to operate. And so based on its purpose, it was given ability and function. When God created birds, he gave them flight. When God created fish, he gave them the ability to swim. And so when God created you and I to have dominion, he created us with the power and the ability to do what he called you to do. Whenever you feel pressure and whenever you feel anxiety, it's because your assignment seems bigger than your abilities. Whenever you and I feel pressure, whenever we feel anxiety, it's because we think that our calling is to, it's larger than our character or abilities. But I need you to understand that God placed those abilities in you when he called you. Why? Because he called you with the end in mind. God will never give you an assignment without giving you the ability to fulfill that assignment. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. Amen. I don't know if you realize this, but that's good stuff right there. That's good junk. Okay, That's the stuff that will transform your life this morning. What is purpose? It's simply the why. It's simply the why. Purpose is the why. Why am I here? That's your purpose. And so I need you to recognize that God finds a purpose, then creates a thing. Look at your neighbor, tell him, you don't know who you're sitting next to. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're lucky to be next to me. Why? Because purpose precedes production. God always thinks of what did it See, if you don't know what you're aiming for, you don't know if you hit it. See, some of us today, you're not, you're, you don't have no goal in life. You don't have no, no end in, in, in mind. There's no goal line. In football, it's real easy. You know, because if, it, if we didn't know where the goal line is, you'd still be running right now. But you know that when I cross this line, I've gotten past the place that I'm trying to get to. And God has set up a goal for your life. It's called the final address of your life. God knew where he wanted you to end up. And if we end up anywhere else than where God intended you to be, we've missed our purpose. See, you could be busy, but not purposeful. And God called us to a purpose. Purpose always precedes production. God always has a purpose before he starts producing. See, and I need you to recognize something. With this, and we're going to we're going to move forward. I want you to recognize this. There's five questions we've been going over. The problem is this: when we talk about these questions, some of us have lost, have stopped asking why. I tell, I, I shared with you last week about little kids get to a certain age and they start asking why. What's that for? What's that for? And they're asking why is this? Why is that? Why is this? And if you've ever been around a kid like that, after a while you get tired of them asking why, and so you just tell them to shut up, or you just say just because. Who put it inside a child to ask why? God did. Because God has put something, a purpose in us, and that child recognizes everything that exists has a purpose. And the problem is, somewhere along the way, as we gotten older, an adult told us to stop asking why. And you need to recognize the why has been placed there by God. Why? Because we recognize that everything that was created has a purpose that includes you. Look at these questions. First question was this, who am I? This is a question of identity. You see, Satan attacked the identity of Adam and Eve first and foremost. See, if the enemy can get you to question who you are, he can keep you from going to where God called you to go. And so he causes doubt in, the, in, in their minds as to who they are. If you eat of the tree, then you'll be like God. Adam and Eve didn't recognize they were already like God. They were created in his image. The question is a question of identity. Second one, where am I from? We're not talking about your your, your ethnic origin. We're talking about your heritage. Where is your origin? Where did you come from? We're not talking about being Samoan or Tongan or, La- or, or, or Puerto Rican or Mexican or white or black. We are talking a question right here of not what your ethnicity is. We're talking about where your origin comes from. That all mankind, every one of us is an atom. We are a man. And we... The, The species is mankind. Now, you might be a man with a womb that makes you a woman. But you're still a man. Are are you following me? Species is mankind. But some men have a womb that makes them a woman. Some of you get this on the way home. Okay? Some of you, as you get older, will appreciate that as well. You see, uh, you know what, let me mess with you a bit farther. I'm married to a man. Her species, her species is man. But baby, you look at her, there ain't nothing manly about this. She got a womb. And she Beautiful. So I'm trying to get across to you that the species is man. And so when we talk about our origin, that we were not just created in the image of God, but you were created of God. God didn't just create you. You weren't just created by God. You were created of God, that God literally poured himself into you when he created you. That's your origin. When you recognize that, there's nothing that can stop me. Because sometimes we let the color of our skin... Or the side of the tracks we were born on keep us from accomplishing purpose. Well, if I I had more money, if I was born on the other side of the tracks, if I was born white, if I was born in this economic background, no, you need to understand we are all man, regardless of the color of your skin. You are all man that was created in the image of God, and you have God flowing through your veins. Oh, come on, give God praise right now third question was this, why am I here? That speaks about purpose. It talks about your purpose. Why am I here? Do you understand that you were created in the image of God so that you could carry God wherever you go? What was man's purpose? What's your purpose? Your purpose is to be God's representatives on earth and reproduce heaven's atmosphere on earth. So when I go to school, I bring the presence of God with me. When I go to work, I bring the presence of God with me. When I walk into the hospital, I bring the presence of God with me. I Change atmospheres. I don't reflect them. Amen. Have you ever walked into a room after people are arguing? You walk in and you could feel the atmosphere. It's like, oh, it's just, I mean, it just—it has a certain funk to it. I mean, you could walk in, you could feel the that the, okay, they—they they just some, something went down here. You could feel it. Or you could walk into a room where people just got done cracking up. They're laughing and they're joking around and then you walk in and they stop. You're like, y'all were talking about me, huh? Because you could feel it. There's an atmosphere and you carry an atmosphere that wherever you walk, you have the ability to bring the presence of God and transform that atmosphere. That's your purpose. Fourth thing, and this is where we're going this morning, is what can I do? Everyone asks that. What can I do? What can I do do is the question of your potential. And the problem is is this, is that when we talk about the question of potential, many of us look on the outside of a person and we judge who they are based on the packaging. If we don't like the packaging, we don't think that they equal the much outside of it. In fact, let let, let me put it this way. This young man walks on the stage and Europe's got talent. And when Simon, the encourager, Simon from uh, American Idol and all that stuff, Simon, the encourager, sees this guy walk on stage. He leans over to to, to one of the people on the panel and says this, just when you thought the day couldn't get any worse. And this guy comes walking out with this girl and he looks at his appearance not realizing what's inside of them. Take a look at this. the problem is is that many times we judge people based on the package a couple of weeks ago i gave you each a seed but not just any seed an apple seed and not just any apple seed it was a johnny apple seed and in that seed i told you the fact is a fact is the current condition of a thing the fact is it's a seed but the truth is it's a tree The truth is the present, fact is the present reality. Truth is what it was created to be. What's inside it. The fact is that it's a seed. The truth is that it's a tree. But not just a tree. It's a tree with apples on it. With seeds inside them. But that's not just the truth. Because in those seeds are more trees. In those trees are more fruit. In that fruit is more seeds. In those seeds are more trees. In those trees are more fruit. More fruit, more seeds. In other words, when you look at that seed, what seems so small, you are not holding just an apple seed, you are literally holding an orchard. That is what's called potential. Everything God created, He created with the seed to become what He had in mind. You take a look at Genesis chapter 1 throughout the whole thing let it produce seed seed according to its kind, seed according to its kind, seed according to its kind, let it produce seed according to its kind. In other words, God created everything with seed. Do you realize you're a seed? And some of us might look at you and say, oh, that, that's a watermelon right there. Oh, no, that, that's a, that's a, that has to be a herb. Pastor Dan has to be a little mustard seed or something like that. He's always capping about the size. Girl, I think you're racist. You're racist against short people. But I need you to recognize that every one of us has an assignment. When Jesus died on the cross he made, he uttered these simple words it is finished Not I am finished it Everyone say it In other words, Jesus was saying, My assignment is done. I've accomplished what I came for. And I need you to understand. Everyone, look at me very intently this morning. I need you to make eye contact with me. Every single one of you in this place has an it. Every one of you were created with an it in mind. Every one of you has an assignment. Every one of you has an it. Every one of you, when your judgment day comes, you are going to be asked, Did you accomplish it? You all have an it on your life. There's an it that rests upon you. And whether that seed sits in the drawer for years and never is planted, the potential still rests in it. I don't care how old you are. That seed's still there. And all it needs is the right environment to grow. You need the right environment to grow. That's why I'm telling some of y'all, I need you to grab a hold of this, man. Grab a hold of this right now. Now I, I can I can get by with a bad barber. My hair will grow back. I can get bad. I can even get by with a bad dentist. You know, I will just get dentures. You know, but I can't get by with a bad church. I can't get by because then I'm not hearing what my potential is. I'm not hearing what my purpose is. I need a man of God in my life that has the ability to pour into me, to get me to another level, to challenge me. I can't just get I can get by with the bad chef because I can go to McDonald's, but I'm here to tell you something today. You cannot get by with just an average man of God that is pouring into you. That's why I'm here to tell you, I want more. I want more of God. I want more of God. More than I have right now. I want more. I need more of God. What I had yesterday is not enough. The blessing I had yesterday is not enough. I need more to get to another level. I want more of God. We need more. We need more. Listen to me, folks. I need you to grab a hold of this right now. Potential is who you are, but no one knows it yet. Potential is who you are, but no one knows it yet. Potential is what you can do, but haven't done it yet. It's in you. Some of you are stirring right now. I can see it. it so as we're sitting here. You're, things are beginning to move inside of you. You're realizing, man, that there's something in me. There's something inside me that wants to come out. And I need you to grab a hold of this. See, I, I think personally, let me get on a soapbox for a moment. This is why God hates abortion. It's not because you're killing a life. You're killing potential. Remember, God doesn't create anything without a purpose. So, whether the parents planned you or not, God planned you. And so, when we abort something, we are killing off the purpose of God and the potential and the reason God created them to accomplish and answer a problem. It kills off the potential. And there's some of us right now committing the same act of abortion in your spiritual lives. That every time something God plants in you, all of a sudden it starts to grow. And as soon as it starts to show, you cut it off. We stop going to church. We stop. As soon as things start going good, as soon as our lives start coming back together, God starts blessing. God starts putting the marriage back together. We stop tithing. We stop coming to church. We stop worshiping. We stop reading his word. We stop journaling. And what we do is we abort the very thing that God's trying to grow inside of you. We all have an assignment, but that assignment implies that you have potential. Every one of you in here has potential. Everyone say potential. You see, I need you to recognize that we're not to die old. We're to die finished. It's not enough to die old. you got to die finished. Too many people are dying. They're they're, they're just trying to get to retirement. I don't want to get to old. I want to get to finished. I don't mind getting old. It's tough. Notice my hair is getting a little thinner. Gaining a little more weight than normal. It's hard have to work out harder to get rid of it. So I told my wife, I said, you know, notice as you get older, you got hair growing in your ears. You got hair, your eyelashes just start, your eyebrows get longer. I told her, I'm just going to let them things grow and do the comb over. <laughs> God's not interested in what you've done. Good or bad. He's not interested in it. Why? Because it's the past. See your greatest enemy to your progress is your last success. The greatest enemy to your progress in life is your last success. We end up looking back at it and we say oh man I accomplished this and then we relax. Some people can't handle success. You know what that's why and I you know you know I'm a Raider fan but one of the things that struggled those guys can't handle any success. That's why we haven't had any. There's no leadership You win a game and then you just go into cruise control. You don't work anymore. You don't stick to the scheme. You don't do your job. All of a sudden you win a game. You think you're the best thing since sliced bread. And you no longer work hard to accomplish the goal. And many of us start getting ahead financially. And then we go back and doing the things that we did before. That's what I love about Nehemiah. After they rebuilt the walls. He comes back after being gone for a while. And notices that they moved their own stuff inside of the house of God. And when he sees it, he says, man, don't you guys understand? And then he goes, man, from there, they're they're not even observing the Sabbath anymore. They're selling and they're buying on the Sabbath day. And he walks in and says, man, don't you get it? This is what we did before that put us into the mess where we came from. We got to stop doing the same things if we want different results. You're not to die old, you're to die finished. And as we close, I want you to recognize this. God isn't just a God of potential. He is potential. He's omnipotent. Potential comes for potent, power. We talk about potential, we talk about what's in you. We talk about God. God's not a God of potential. God is potential. So if you have God, you have potential. It's in you. It's just waiting to come out. Are you catching this? You see, I need you to grab a hold of this. I love what Dr. Monroe says. He says, if you were to run... Let's say nothing existed. And you and I were to run into God on the corner of... If we were to run, run into God on the corner of nowhere and nothing, you would have met everything. Nothing existed. And God standing on the corner of nowhere and nothing. And you walked up and God said, hi, I'm God. You would have met everything... By meeting God. Why? Because he had the potential omnipotent. He had omnipresence, omniscience. He is everything, all-consuming. And so when you meet God, you meet everything because God is everything. Everything was created out of him according to the word of God. Nothing existed that he did not create. Oh, you got to grab a hold of this this morning. What am I telling you? If I get God, I get everything. You're working so hard to grab this, to take this, to make this happen, to shake this tree. But if I get God, I get everything. He goes, your father in heaven knows that you need these things. But if you seek ye first the kingdom of, right, kingdom of uh, heaven and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you what the world fights for. What the world fights to get, if you receive me and put me first, you get for free. What people kill themselves to get, I give you. You're capable of much more than what you are presently thinking, currently imagining, Personally, doing or being right now. You're capable of more than that. So, what am I telling you? The release of your potential demands that you forget or refuse to be satisfied with your latest accomplishment. If we're going to accomplish something great in this next year, you got to stop being impressed with the last thing that you did. Can't be satisfied can't be satisfied with the fact that we got this done you got to move on you got to stay hungry you got to do what paul said paul said in the book of philippians chapter 3 i don't mean to say that i've already achieved these things or that i've already reached perfection that this is a guy that wrote 13 books of the old of the new testament he says but i press on everyone say press on, press on. he says i press on turn to your neighbor tell him press on Look at the person on the other side tell him press on. Slap the person in front of you and tell him press on. He says, but I press on. Everyone say press on. press on. I press on to perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Everyone say one thing. Everyone say one thing. Forgetting the past. Oh, come on. Forgetting the past. I can't know my potential when I'm stuck on my failure. I can't walk in my potential when I'm stuck on my problems. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Purpose. My purpose. I press on. Everyone say press on. Come on, press on. Let's get black up in here. Come on, press on. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize from which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Or would you prefer I said, let's get Mexican up in here? We just don't got that kind of rhythm. You know what I'm saying? I know my limitations. <laughs> 1992, Derek Redmond, who's gone through failure after failure, keeps getting back up to run, finds himself in Barcelona running the 400-meter race. Derek is favored to win the race and end all these years of, of, of pain and, and disappointment. And as Derek gets, gets in the starting block, the gun sounds, he gets off to a great start, and he's actually leading in the race as they come around the corner. The problem is, as he's running, he feels a pop in the back of his hamstring, and he tears the hamstring right off the bone. And he crumbles to the ground while the other runners fly by As he lays on the ground, medical facility, medical personnel come around him, and as soon as they reach him, he pushes them off. In disappointment, he has a choice to make to stay here and walk off the track, or to stay in my lane and move forward. He shrugs off the personnel and he gets up, and with one leg, he starts to run again. The other runners have already crossed the finish line. Another medical personnel comes up to him and tells him to stop, and he pushes him aside and he keeps running. Because Derek Redmond recognized something. I didn't come all the way to Barcelona to run, I came here to finish. You're not here to run a race, you're here to finish the race. God didn't call you just to run, not just to compete. He called you to complete it. And while he's running, all of a sudden, this man comes running on the track, and you know he's not an athlete just by his body shape. And one of the security officers stops him, and he pushes him aside, and he tells him something that the man relents and lets him go. man runs over to Redmond and puts his arm around him, and he collapses his face in his dad's shoulder. His Dad tells him, son, you don't need to run anymore. And he says, dad, yes, I do. He says, in that case, let's go together. So his dad holds his son, who is crippled. And when they get right in front of the finish line, he stops and lets his son cross the line alone. While the crowd of 65,000 people are cheering him on, giving him a standing ovation because he refused to quit. I don't care what you've gone through in life. It doesn't matter to me the things that have knocked you down. It doesn't matter to me that someone you cared about left you. It doesn't matter to me that you're going through a financial struggle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I don't care. It just doesn't matter. Why? Because what you're going through right now has nothing to do with where you're going. As you watch this clip, I want to stir up the Redmonds in you. Stir up that desire never to give up. <laughs>
2: troubles come
1: if you don't give up. Your past or your ignorance can't wipe out God's purpose for your life. It's in you. Your it is still there. Pastor Musika. that's why you didn't pass away. There's an it still on your life. There's an it still on you. There's a purpose that's on you. There's an it that is still resonating in you. There's an it over every single one of you. There's an it that is on your life, and that's why you're so frustrated when you wake up, you go to bed, you get up in the morning, go to work, go to school, you go through the day, come home, and you're on this cycle, and you're wondering, what is going on? Is this all that life has to offer? Yes, press on. Press on. You haven't accomplished it yet. That's all right. Press on. Because there's an it that is on your life. Don't give up. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. There's greatness in you. And we need to call it out right now. We need to call it out right now. And I prophesy to this house right now that the greatness in you come out now. I declare right now those problems will no longer hold you back, but they will propel you to your purpose. Have You ever noticed a football? In fact, give me one of the ball players up here. Any one of you guys, quickly. Oh, send the little guy, huh? Stand over here, bro. What was your name again? Vita? Hold this right here. That's a football right now. I want you to get ready and don't run, don't run towards me. Because then I'm going to have to take you out. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you in front of family right now, okay? What I want you to do is act like you're going to throw it like a football to me, okay? Get ready. Get re- Stop. What did he do? What did he do? What was the motion that he... Fo- I wanted him to throw it this way. But what was the first motion that he made to throw it to me? What? Do it again. Do the motion. What? Right there. What was that first motion? If I wanted it to come this way, why did he go this way? What was that? Power? What? He's going to target it to me. <laughs> Do it again. Target it to me. Stop right. (laughs) First motion in trying to get it to me is back. Why? Because what he's doing is something that we know in physics. It's called momentum. He's generating momentum. And you can't do it from a steel point. It has to go back first in order to provide the momentum to go forward. Are you following me? You're wondering, why, God, why are you pulling me back? God, why are you pulling me back? An arrow cannot fly until it first gets pulled back. Every pullback in your life, every time you're getting pulled back, is setting you up to release you to a farther goal. Come on, somebody. Stand to your feet with me. Get my water back. (laughs) No turning back. Not going back. Moving forward. Pastor, you don't understand. I blew it with this girl last week. That's all right. You know what? Let's move forward. Let's move. You don't understand. I blew. I've been. I was clean for fourteen days, and I blew it. You know what? Forget that. Let's move forward. But, you know, I was serving God. I've been, I've been serving God, but, you know, I yelled at my kids this morning. I kicked the dog and, you know, uh, okay, you know what? That's, uh, all right, you, you blew it. Let's move forward. Pastor, I've reached this age and I haven't found my purpose yet. It's all right. Let's move forward. Let's put it behind us. Haven't accomplished it yet. Haven't achieved it. But one thing we are going to do, Pop, is we're going to forget about yesterday. Can't change it. I can't change it. You can't change it. Can't change what we did yesterday, but I can affect right now. So how about we move forward right now? Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here right now.
0: Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsa.org.